0: Hey, what's up, cosmetic family? Welcome
1: to the Cosmetic Podcast. How
0: by the YMC of Metropolitan Dallas.
1: Cosmetic means being a person or thing that gets wise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energizing. We're
0: tackling topics and telling the
1: truth. I'm Rodrigo Ross. And I'm Keith Spencer. So today, get excited, King. Get excited. We have the latest installation of our collaboration with YUSA in this innovation series. I'm going to tell y'all. Every time I think this is it, they can't get us guests that's better than the last guest. I'm wrong.
0: Okay.
1: And I always I I have to admit I'm wrong. And once again, you're I'm wrong. No, well, I'm never wrong when it comes to you. But I was wrong with this. Because uh, I don't hear those words very often. Yeah, and you're not. So <laughs> don't get to it. It's not happening. It's not happening. But I was wrong with YUSA okay. because once again, they okay. have given us a stellar lineup. Mm. Today on the Cosmetic Podcast, we have joining us Maribel Tendazo. Yep. Pam Supernut yes. and Stacey McDaniel, they are all going to talk about how they are using innovation in the YMCA's anti-hunger work. Like, mm. I cannot wait to hear the dynamics. And you guys go and check the bios of the folks who are joining them today. You yes. will be thoroughly impressed because I am. Yes. So welcome, Pam Maribel and Stacy to the Cosmetic Podcast. Thank Ooh. you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. hey, hey. hey. Uh, I, I'm, we're
0: gonna kick this off with Stacey, cause Stacey sits at the ivory tower, you know.
1: And you know, I, they can't see this podcast. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna tell y'all, the background is excellent. I y'all. know,
0: just just so that crisp
2: is and it's so clear.
1: I mean, it's beautiful. And just you know, cause our good taxes that we pay. Well. <laughs> what what do I taxes got to do with Stacy's background? Because that's the Ivory tower.
0: That's what I call it. the Ivory Towers up there in Chicago. But well, I know you're not in Chicago though.
1: You're not in Chicago background? It, it's actually the fruit of the land from South Carolina. I've got homegrown daylilies <laughs> going on in the background. Okay. Yes.
0: Because you're from the East Coast. I you, you are all right with me. It's
1: good. <laughs> but we digress. I Stacey's know. Stacy's background is beautiful. But hey Stacy. Hey.
0: Stacey, you've been doing some dynamic work, uh, supporting a lot of wives throughout the country. Can you just uh, talk at the high level of kind of your role and what's the innovative things that you're doing that's spreading across the United States?
3: So I have had the unique pleasure of working both on the local Y's doing anti-hunger works in my my hometown community with my own Y and watch that really just transform our community and getting groups involved and creating awareness about the need was there and then really empowering the community to respond to that need to work together to come up with better solutions to make sure that kids had the food they needed to thrive and also the activities, the encouragement, the mentors to really help them overcome that nutrition gap. Right. We mm. just feel all children have the right to good quality nutrition consistent. Yes. Mm,
0: and yeah. And mm. it's good about quality
3: good
1: yeah.
0: yeah. And that's and that's that's like really the key part. And it's because a lot of times the young people that we work with in our programs, they may not be able to get that same access to that. You know, at, that at, quality. Yeah. yeah. The quality quality is the key. Our mm. our neighborhoods, uh, in, in particular, with some of our under-resourced neighborhoods, they don't have that true access to that. Mm. And therefore they have to just you know, go probably miles and miles away to be able to get there. Maribel, what are some of the exciting things that are going on in uh, in your community?
4: Some very exciting things, things that I'm very happy to talk about. But I do want to add, how about this blurred background
1: here? Go ahead. Girl, you didn't give, you give me kudos
2: for that. I a good
1: blur ain't never hurt nobody. <laughs> with foundation, with, I'm telling you, a good blur will hide a multitude of <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. But just
4: as Stacy mentioned, I mean, I think all of our whys across the movement had talked about, you know, feeding our kids the nutrition that they're looking for, but also inviting them to these safe spaces that they need. Mm. Um, our why here, we're with the Greater Valley YMCA in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we're, we're very intentional about serving our community. And it really goes from cradle to seniors. So we yeah. have our child care uh, feeding programs for infants all the way through our school, um, school age kiddos, our camp program, but we also have open sites for our youth to come in. So before they're coming to activities or programs, they have, you know, another location, another place that they can come and enjoy a supper after mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Um, we, um you know, started this work feeding the kids, but we quickly realized that uh, it could not end there. We were seeing that need with our adults coming in, with our seniors coming in, um, especially at locations where we have a warming station for our vulnerable populations, our homeless neighbors, a low-income housing. So we found innovative ways to really tie in and engage our community, our partners, our corporate partners also to support the work that we're doing. Uh, so we really go into inviting volunteers. Just recently, we had a corporate partner come in and sponsor a new community garden at one of our sites. Um, and that really allows not just the kids at our child care center to learn about uh, where their food comes from, um, yeah. also have them taste test these delicious foods, but it also engages our senior population as we're inviting them to come in um, and volunteer and work alongside the kids, providing that intergenerational programming. And really getting our entire community involved and in what it's like to even grow your own food. Um, we really, saw how how vulnerable our food system was really in, yeah. in light of the pandemic. So this is a way for us to respond to it and making sure that our community is prepared. Um, you know, not just with the wholesome food and nutrition, but again for that space to come together and even um, you know just prevent isolation too.
1: I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. being intentional about that. And Pam would love to hear about the things you all have going on in the,
2: in the anti-hunger space. Thank you guys. And you know, I feel like in a lot of ways we preach to the choir when we're talking mm. and talking about the why and all the crazy sure. cool things that we do. Cause here's the thing, YMCAs are feeding kids and YMCAs have been feeding kids, whether it's summer, whether it's teens, it's after school, it's food distribution, we're doing it. Yeah. But It's sometimes the little things that I'm here today to talk about our littlest humans, our preschoolers, our three and our four-year-olds, who, Mm. you know, we don't just want to, nothing against the chicken McNugget, but we just don't want to throw chicken McNuggets at them. And Mm. the idea is that food is medicine and let's start giving our kids great nutrition in their early years. But let me tell you, our parents are overwhelmed. They are young. These are sometimes their first children, their first child. They don't know what to do. They don't have history in their own family. They weren't brought up this way. They literally, they don't have time. They don't have money. They don't have access. Mm. It is hard, 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 hard. hard. So our role is to really figure out what they need. And I will say, when CeCe said this was about innovation, I'm like, this is not innovation. This is feeding kids. (laughs) But the more I thought about it. (laughs) <laughs> innovation is continuous learning. It's yes. learning right. every minute of every day. It is listening to our customers, who are our three-year-olds and our three-year-olds' parents, and it is trying and failing and trying mm-hmm. something else and doing and doing and doing. That I think is the innovation, and it's quite frankly what we do every day. So I'll, you know, jump back in and say more about how we deal and talk with our parents about how to work this education and nutrition into their daily lives to make everybody eating healthier and in the long run being healthier i love
0: you know, it fam you said about throwing uh you know we're not just throwing uh chicken nuggets at kids the, the image that came to my mind you know a kid just taking one of them chicken nuggets because mm. sometimes them chicken nuggets they so hard it's like <laughs> you might as well be eating the raw some <laughs> <you know.
1: laughs> They don't know any other food group besides, I think my niece probably could say the word chicken nugget before she could call my name. She knew Uh how to say chicken nugget, though. I was like, ma'am. That's
0: that's because your name has like broad, drink, I mean, that's a lot of syllables to be able to say. Don't act like that. I can understand. Don't act
1: like that. Whatever. (laughs) But we totally get it. Well, well, Stacey, we
0: we all look to you around the YMCA and that, uh, like, you're the money lady. Like, so you've been able to be able uh, to to get this federal funding to be able to support so many different whys. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of where it's, how, some of the different federal funding uh, models that have been used and how wise are using those, using those
3: funds? Absolutely. I think that is one of the most beautiful pieces of the fee program work is its mission and its money to make mm-hmm. sure that it's sustainable. Yeah, Um, because you know, I mean, all of our lives, right? It's a struggle, but these food programs do have federal reimbursement that are bipartisan supported. How rare is that? How? How? (laughs) Right? Um, So, but they are. And so, all of those meals are reimbursed for children 18 and under. And then the WISE have an an administrative allotment for that as well. We have been so fortunate. We have had funding from diverse funding streams, but primarily Walmart Foundation since 2011 has really helped WISE build that infrastructure Mm -hmm. to keep these food programs running. So we actually have... Post-grant funding, about a 96% sustainability rate. So once a Y starts these food programs, wow. they are able to keep that food coming into those children in the yeah. community year after year. It is sustainable. And we have seen, when, when Pam said, like, we don't, I think at the Y, we short we short sell ourselves right we're like yeah Yeah. yeah. that's not innovative but in reality both Mirabelle and Pam are incredible innovators and so are so many otherwise across the country because one they're listening to their community they are Mm -hmm. actively asking parents what is working for you what is not working for you how could we make this better for you and listening not just asking a survey but then taking what they're hearing in using that to tweak the programs, to design the services. Also working with community partners. All of us have different partners available and resources in our community. So we can pivot, right, to complement, not compete, and really enhance that food access network for our families all across the country. I don't think I've ever been called the money lady before, right, um, that was that was new for me. Just gave you a whole new title, Stacey. Just the gave money. it a whole new title. But, you know, I, I came from from the Georgia-wise, and, and, and one of those CEOs, he said, you know, without money, there's no mission. We have to be able to find our mission work and keep it going. And the worst thing we could do is start providing meals to families, have them rely on that, and then pull the club, right? We want to... I mentioned consistent access to nutrition because we want to be able to keep that access going. And man, really opening the doors to think of who we are, who we yeah. as a YMCA can be, and we're uniquely poised to be. We're not a food bank but we are a safe, trusted space that any family can walk into the door and not be questioned about why they're going into it, right? Because right. hunger has a sense of humility about it. No yeah. one wants to admit they can't be their kids. They can't be their team. kids. Right. Right. Yes, right. absolutely, right. absolutely. Right? But uh-uh. instead, we can spin it. Hey, I'm going to the wild. My kids are going to have a great time. And while we're there, we're going to enjoy a complimentary meal. Show and on. hey, they actually yep. had a whole bag of produce with taste testing opportunities for us to try. Yeah. Recipe I love it. I yes. love it. I,
0: I would tell you that, um, you know, the Lunch and Splash program at the Moreland Wise is still mm. going on to this day. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it gives, like you said, that, that, I like the way you you worded that and that is a complimentary meal to be able to uh, come up and it doesn't you know it has a better better sound to it when you when you tell that story just, uh, right yeah, there just uh, you know
1: I, I I will say working with parents and being conscious and conscientious of allowing them to access services for their families with dignity yes. right because um, I'm gonna sound real small you ready I always sound smart but I'm sound extra small you ready
0: <laughs> yes Let's see.
1: So, according to Maslow's hierarchy of... Maslow. Maslow. Maslow says that one of the very basic, basic, basic tenets of human survival is food. Food? It's food, water, and clothing. And um, Maribel can definitely—I definitely want you to jump in on this. She can probably speak as that community um, um, director, director of community impact in her community with that DEI focus. When you're talking about underresourced and access deficient populations, no matter where you come from, what your lived experience is, everyone has that same primary Maslow need: food is one of those things. But the way you you get the food to the people, the way you help them preserve their dignity, the way you listen to them and give them voice in the process is the game changer. And so Maribel, because of the the overlap of your work and you're dabbling in both those spaces, the food space and the DEI space, and in some instances, working with under-resourced populations, what are some of the innovative ways that you're marrying all of those concepts? Well, I will say um, when we talk about our DEI
4: and, and that inclusivity, uh, we're talking about feeling welcome and including everyone. And yeah. Stacy kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head when she talked about this complimentary meal, because we want to make sure that everyone feels welcome. And there's times, even if our communities are um, somewhat affluent or even above the poverty line, there's still families sometimes that are struggling yeah. or, um, you know, that just need to need help to make ends meet temporarily. This mm-hmm. is where we step in. We are able to provide these services with no strings attached. And I think that's, what's very important. Pam mentioned, you know, making sure that we're listening to the voice of our preschoolers, but making sure that we're listening to the voice of everyone being that trusted partner and making Mm. sure that when people are walking in, either to our why's or if we're at a park or a playground, that you're feeling welcome. And that regardless of your race, uh, your your income status, that you are feeling like the why is a partner and a trusted voice. And in it of the same, you're making sure that your community partners understand that that's what the why is there to do. Mm -hmm. So that when they're looking to continue to support, Who are they going to think about when they want to, you know, start funding, you know, start funding partners and start sending volunteers? They want to start thinking about that why, uh, partnering with that why and making sure that the community is served regardless where they're at.
1: I love it. Creating a sense of belonging through food. Mm -hmm. You know, if we all had to think of like some of the most fun times at our home or when we went to visit people, I'm sure that was food Like some of my best times was sitting at my grandmama's kitchen table Mm. while I ate whatever Mm. she gave me because baby, she could make water taste good. Uh, uh, (laughs) And by by no means, I was definitely one of Uh those kids who would be considered poor and access deficient and under-resourced. But I tell you, my grandmother, she could take a piece of paper and you will be like, this is fine dining. It was. I, mean,
0: like I if I go back to my my youth days, uh, I remember going up to my rec center and getting a free lunch. Yeah. I mean, like we look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, it was Latsky kids, right? We had to stay in the house. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my mom, stepfather had to work, and uh, but to go up to at at lunchtime, go up to the rec you center. You know what day and, I had? and get and get that food. Well, we
1: used to get that square pizza. <laughs> you, that's where pizza used to set it off.
0: I'm gonna tell you like this. Mine was uh bologna and cheese. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell this
1: you we you know
0: more on, on, on should eat that. On a, on a good on a good some of that good uh, white bread.
1: Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good
0: thing. Now but, but Pam, now you've trained more folks across the country than anybody else, you know, on the, on the team there. And you're facilitating that that process with those uh, different leaders. What's your message to them?
2: Mm. Well, there's a lot of them, but, you know, people come first. This is people-centered, human-centered work. Love it. And I think Love it. that information is power. And parents are the experts on their children. And we can't just jump in with the answers and let me do this for you. This is with work. We are doing this with you. We're mm. not doing something for you. This is authentic or it will not work. This is right. building relationships, building communities. I mean, you ask a parent what their barriers are. Oh, I'm I'm too busy. I don't have time. Sure. Okay, I heard you. Now, how do we peel back the onion of what that really means family by family? In one of our centers, we brought in a professional organizer who's like time management crazy and sat down with the families and talked about, well, if you tried this for two minutes or did this, you could make snacks in the morning. It really is. Well, I don't have time to make a healthy snack. Well, let's figure that out together because it's true. When they say they don't have time to make a healthy snack, they're not lying. They're telling right. them, We right. need to help them and give them tools to break down some of those barriers, but it really all starts with listening with authentic relationships and understanding that, you know we're all in this together for sure.
1: I love
2: that. I, I love the the whole
1: idea. When they say something, believe them. Right, it's true. And right. and let's let's work from there. Oh, that's good stuff. Mm, Pam. Mm, Pam, Pam, mm. Pam, she probably should go. She was preaching just then. She probably should. I should. But don't keep him be in your <laughs> choir.
2: Please don't let him be in your choir. Baby. My CEO, <laughs> my CEO is a preacher. Back hey, in the day, man. He whips out his Bible and he's like, Pam, I'm gonna read from this Bible. I'm like, uh oh. Okay. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I love it. I love
1: it. So oh, Stacy, I know that um the 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 challenges that you all are tackling around food insecurity and access to food and healthy food choices and stuff is not new, but it absolutely got exacerbated through the pandemic. Um, And that's when we really, I, you know, I've been kind of fangirling, watching you behind the scenes, and I just saw you on LinkedIn, and you had this amazing visit and recognition. Kudos to you! But that's really when, because that was the kind of work we were doing here in Dallas, really leaning into that that food insecurity and more of our branches than we just had normally done it. Um, But that really was your time to shine. Can you tell us how the work and you are moving differently since? This whole idea of food insecurity and access really took central stage in one of the most, you know, what most people would think one of the most, the richest countries on the planet. And we still have this challenge. So how did your world change because of the pandemic?
3: You know, I I get chills when I think about it. And I and I want to point out both PM and Mirabelle are are food SDP facilitators. They coach otherwise in the country. And we have a team of a we had a team of about 18 facilitators mm. at the time who coached. So all of this time, we've been building these relationships, these monthly conversations, right? With monthly support webinars that are available to anyone, um, team calls, one-on-one calls. We've been building our capacity over and over. And I don't think any of us could have ever guessed that all of that put us right where we needed to be. That's right. Right.
0: Come
3: Come on. All of of those relationships, all of those conversations, we literally, uh, and Pam, I know you'll remember this moment. We were in D.C., right? But the day before the country, literally everything shut down. We had a meeting, a a capacity building meeting, invited all these CEOs in to come and learn about food programs, right? And then who would have known the following week, we'd all be shutting down.
2: Mm -hmm. And
3: we went from one in eight kids facing hunger to one in four. Literally Mm -hmm. our schools, right? Where those kids, keep in mind, kids are getting breakfast and lunch five days a week at school. All of a sudden that's gone. All of a sudden families' jobs are gone. All of a sudden, right, you see the food lines and what we saw was all of that preliminary groundwork lay it so we were ready. We mm. were ready. And you saw wise. Gosh, we had some wise. I'm thinking of Monroe, Michigan. They went from serving 100 kids on Friday to 1,000 kids on Monday. Come one on. weekend's time. Come uh, on, We had these wise who just scaled up. We had, right, our, our pickleball courts became food warehouses. We, started yeah. foods. we deliver food. We gave it out in such big ways. And I me, that was the moment, I have never been more proud to be part of the YMCA than I yeah. was in that moment. When we put everything aside, and we just met our community's needs, despite right. our own hardships, right? We have, mm-hmm. what, I think, nationally, it was 98% of staff across the country got laid off. But yet in the wise, that were really leaning into food, you had aerobics instructors making sandwiches, you had them passing out in the pickup line, right? Yep. You've got all your top leadership out there in the food line, come on, come passing on. out food and telling families, we're going to be all right. We're going to make it through this together. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was one of those moments where I think we, we like to call ourselves a movement, right? We mm. want to be a movement. What is a movement? What is a movement if it doesn't respond to the most pressing and urgent need? We don't listen to what our families are telling us and believe them and not pass judgment, but just give them the services and the support they yeah. need.
0: I, mean, I love that. That's that's yeah. I love that. So, that is
3: absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: You know, when we talk about then what you were talking about, over three million homes were food insecure during that during that time, right there. Mm. But yet the wise stepped up in many different places all across the country, and the great part about it, it wasn't even a coordinated effort. You know, when you talk about all of our nine hundred wise. But our mindsets, because we are one accord to be able to be there for the community, we all interact in this similar space. And then it was after the fact that we all came together and put some real strategy to, to this thing right here.
1: It probably that, was good we didn't have to pre-plan because, good gracious, we, we, did, were,
3: we, we were
0: planning death out of something. Man. Yeah, <laughs> we
3: of you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I got to brag on our colleagues in, in Alabama. The the Birmingham schools reached out to that why, and they were like, hey, you got to help. We Mm. feed all these kids and the Birmingham, you know, they had not gotten into that food program work. And so they called, they're like, hey, what do we do? I was like, hang on. And then we Montgomery, who'd been doing all of that work, right? with their CEO, Gary Cobb, we're like, Gary, would you be willing to sponsor them? Within one week, they got approval, got those meals to the kids. Yeah.
1: Uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, yeah. But what's the bus? But I was gonna steal that name. Yeah. And I figured, oh, yeah, Gary yeah, might fuss with me. Cause yeah. yeah. But I was gonna steal it like they the innovative ways that people thought of getting food to people and not necessarily falling back on some of what of our more traditional practices are oh, come to our line, come to our building, the Taj yes. Mahal, the end all the be all, right? It's like, mm-hmm. look. I need to get you this square piece of pizza. I'm going to meet you where I'm going to meet you to get to you. I love, 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 love that. So Maribel, tell us more about how in doing that, in making that shift, right? In doing that pivot in Pennsylvania, because we recognize that while so many things were the same in the shift and in COVID, it seems that when... People thought that COVID had subsided and it's over. We're kind of going back to some of the old ways, but you guys are keeping some of the momentum going, right? Like really staying tapped into that energy that you felt that, that COVID exacerbated. So tell us about some of the things that are happening in your neck of the wood in Pennsylvania. Well, I will say, right, authentic relationships, so important
4: because even after the pandemic even after we're we've worked so hard and we moved so hard to create this innovative space we all leaned on each other to continue working yeah. um you know across the region here from you know from east to west north to south I think all of our whys across this um, Commonwealth have all really, change the way that they have looked at the food programs and what they've done, everything from our community gardens to even serving at um, food festivals, right? Where typically that's not a space that you're used to going. But right. when when you think about being at a space where our community is being served and there it is, the why their tent, their food, providing this complimentary meal, we're there you know, wherever we need to be. And I think that that response to what our community needs is very important. Um, you know, some wives have turned their their equipment closets into pantries, working with local food banks and serving these shelf stable meals. Others are continued to even, you know, push out the fresh produce, um, making sure that our families have that access and not just the access, but the education behind it. Right. So what do you do when you get this piece of unknown kumquat or, you know, whatever it is like, we'll help you figure it out. You know, that's what we're here for, providing the nutrition and the education
1: to serve. And by the way, it.
4: I don't eat kumquat, so I don't even know why I use it as an example. Let but let say,
1: I had the same experience with bok choy. I was like, What yes. is that? And my first inclination is to fry it. But I, I participated in a food program, right? I'm just kind of the fly on the wall looking at I learned about it, and we got to make this little recipe with it. And baby, I was like, Who? I had never know <laughs> what a butchery was, so which, oh, so ma'am, you know there's this thing. I love the way you're saying that. You, you there's this human centered approach, right, to to access to food, and in doing that, listening to people and respecting their perspective, their lived experience. Can you tell us how their culture and the things that they really like food-wise kind of play into the things that you introduce them to, the things that you buy, how you listen, how you address some of those things? Because I love that, that concept of humanizing, putting human in the center and all the solutions emanate from there.
2: You know, that's a great segueing question because, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, You know, a lot of people, and this has been our thinking, well, any food is good food. Some food is better than no food. And and there's there's some truth to that for sure, that some nutrition is, you know, better than no nutrition. But, you know, in Worcester, Massachusetts, the second largest city in New England, not just Massachusetts, but all of New England after Boston, I mean, 40% Hispanic Latino, Mm -hmm. another 30 to 40% African-American they, they, they want rice and beans. They do not want a hot dog. They, not that even a hot dog is nutritious, but the idea is what are the foods you eat? How can we you know, make them healthy? How can we try other foods? How can we make combinations? But it really is about meeting everybody where they are. Every family is so specific. And this is what takes the time that you know some people need a box of food and they just take the recipes and run with it other people need a little bit more coaching and and help yeah. some people really need connecting you you think oh well if they have a voucher for childcare they must be getting their snap benefits no they're not It's the whole family. It's The the, the child is not just about the food because the parents are worried about paying their rent and they've lost their jobs and all of these things. Nothing lives in a vacuum. So it really is figuring out, okay, let's get them the benefits they need. Like farmer's markets. In Massachusetts, you got double your SNAP benefits if you went to a farmer's market. So we literally Mm -hmm. became the network of farmer's markets. And to your point... Oh, come to us. Let's bring the farmer's market to you. And that's what yes. we did. We yeah. ripped yeah. the yeah. seats out of our after-school vans and we put all of the food in it and we drove door to door, house to house and brought people what they need because it's really about making those connections between the food and the resources and the people who don't have access. And that's the problem.
1: Yes. I love that. And
2: having yes. lived in Worcester for
1: a couple of years, fun facts. <laughs> So I, I understand that completely, and I was so working a lot at the time. But I would have been one of those parents, right? That I'm gainfully employed, I'm working, but I had two little little kids, and sometimes the the ends was not meeting. Right. Right. <laughs> right? And having access to that in a way that was culturally relevant, because you can give me all kinds of food, but if my children aren't used to eating them, if I, I, no matter how I chef it up, they're not going to eat the food, right? Well, like, and the
2: food bank is working. great, but. If the food bank is only open Tuesdays at four o'clock, and you're working two or you need help. Like it's making those connections for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Just take the seats out that van. Let's let's use that for something else.
0: <laughs> you now, Stacey, we got so many people that's gonna be listening to this, and they're gonna wonder like how 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 do I how do I how do I do this at my? Why? I mean, yeah. right now you got over eleven thousand sites uh, that you've been been able to help with federal funding across the country, touching over a million lives and there's and there's more right yeah and so
1: more out there
0: what is if you and, and this is to all of you all i'll let stacy lead off with stacy though well, what are the resources what do people what does program staff need to do to kind of find where to get started at with doing this type of work
3: Yeah, a, a great place to start is on link with the youth program enhancement community and mm. i say that but i also realize people love one-on-one and we have plenty of food facilitators like PM and Maribel that can meet with you one-on-one. We can have a conversation. We can coach. There there are resources from A to Z. Anything you want on food, we got emergency hunger relief. We got weekend meal, teen meal, toolkits, sustainability fundraising kits, right? It's all there. But you also have the opportunity to have some one-on-one for someone to listen to you, hear where you're at, what Your needs are what resources are in your community, and then help you plan accordingly. We've seen a ton of Y to Y sponsorship, right? Where another Y in your state partners with you, gets you off the ground nice and fast, teaches you the ropes, and then you can choose what you want to do from there. There are so many entry points for food that literally every Y in the country should be doing this. This I is love a way, it. yes,
0: and Maribel, I'll, I'll I'll it. Toss it. Maribel. I'll toss it to you next from a resource, and then Pam will follow that with you. Uh, What are the resources, what resources would you uh, recommend out there, Maryville?
4: Well, in addition to our phenomenal team at YUSA and our uh, resources with Link, when you're looking at your own communities, reach out to those partners that are already either in this space or who perhaps might be interested in being in this Mm. space and continue to have those conversations. I will say when you're silent about the work that you're doing, no one's going to know what you're doing. We know you share it. Even if you don't know what you don't know, just have those conversations with your partners, your school districts, your mayors, um, elected officials. Make sure that you're letting them know either what you're doing or what you would like to do. And then keep the conversations going so that you can, you know, truly build on, you know, this food program at your Y and in your community.
1: Oh, that's good stuff. Chicos, Chicos, the Chicos are coming y'all's way. And of course, Pam, in true preacher, wrap it up, right? Wrap all of the great things. What, what advice do you have to folks
2: who need who and really want to get into this food game? Well, I'm going to keep it real, real. Okay. Mm, but mm-hmm. let me tell you. Every Y is as different as every community and almost every family. They are big, they are small. And a lot of them, you've got one Y staffer with 27 hats on and they're doing all the things and what do they do? And this isn't a priority and oh my gosh, the the strategic plan and blah, blah, blah. So at the end of the day, there are resources you need to start where you're at. Don't try to do it all at once. Do little things, get help. Literally, we're all here to help you. I will answer the phone every minute or every day. That's literally, the YMCA is so great at sharing, not stealing from each other. We absolutely will just give everyone best practices, talk them through an issue because every community is different and every partner and all of those things. So start where you are, ask for help and just take one small step and it's going to be amazing. It's going to snowball. Oh,
1: amazing!
0: Happy, amazing! Happy. Now, look. Now, you all said Link on a couple of different times. Uh, while uh, we know that that is the place for information, um, everybody, you know, can operate Link to say. So, can you tell us specifically on Link where do we go to get all this great information? How do we get there?
3: Yeah, if you just go in the search, look up youth program enhancement, um, you'll find the community. But I'll leave a short circuit for you. Just email me at stacy.mcdaniel yes, at ymca.net. And we are here to help. We're here to support you. Yes, that, that, now, nah, that's
0: Boy, the they real even, cheap. You ain't you. got to go there. You go
1: direct. If y'all can't get it after that, you don't want. Right. You just don't want. You just don't. I don't know what will say.
0: Hey, Maribel, Pam, Stacey, thank you guys uh, for being on uh, the Cosmetic Podcast
1: today. Oh man, the kids and the families are so much better because of the great work that you all are doing. We really appreciate all your hard work in the space. Amazing, amazing stuff. And before we sign off, we definitely want to give props to our producer, LaShane. Hi, LaShane. Hey,
0: look, thank you guys for listening to the Cosmetic Podcast.
1: On this episode in our YUSA Innovation Series featuring Pam Supernant, Stacey McDaniel, and Maribel Pendazzo.
0: Hey, subscribe and listen to us weekly.
1: Don't be shy. Give us a five-star review. And as always, Dynamics be phenomenal. Cosmetic.
0: Cosmetic.